0: This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out of home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics Studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, here we go. It's The Adam Ritz Show, and I'm your host, Adam Ritz, and on the phone is Jay Baker. Hey, Jay, how are you?
1: Hey, Adam, I'm doing great. Hope you're hanging in there, too.
0: Doing good. I got a little tickle in my throat, so uh, bear with me as my voice hopefully hangs on for the next half hour. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of um, golf outings and golf outing event updates with all the money raised this summer uh, for charities across the country, and we always tip our hats to the... Golf outings that, you know, raised 10000 $20, maybe 20000 maybe $100,000 for charity. Uh, there was a, a golf outing this week, Jay, that raised $2.9 million for charity.
1: You know, I saw that and I am amazed. Yes, isn't that amazing? And we've talked about the ability for these well-entrenched golf outings to really raise some significant funds. And this is amazing.
0: Uh, It happened in Boise, Idaho. It's the Albertsons uh, grocery store, Albertsons Boise Open. And they make a record $2.9 million donation to charity. Uh, The donation is the largest ever by any event in the 32-year history of the Corn Ferry Tour, the Corn Ferry Golf Tour. So... Uh, that uh, I think everybody has uh, their work cut out for them. If you think you're going to have a golf outing and, uh, and raise the most money for charity, $2.9 million is, uh, is where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, that's impressive. And as you said, Boise, Idaho, and I didn't know if you saw this footnote, but uh, they got the idea this year to not only have golf during the day, but to have concerts at night at that particular event. And Sammy Hagar played there. Of all people,
0: you know what? I just now saw his name in the uh, in the report. The concerts uh, were on the 18th fairway. <laughs> How cool! Would yeah, that isn't be? that
1: great? Yeah, it's right um, there on the golf course. And I guess even Rick Springfield uh, popped in and played uh, one of the nights out there and everything. So uh, I'm in. I'm impressed. I, I am with you because I always sort of look through the golf outings, and I am surprised. This one amazed me.
0: Ario Speedwagon also made an appearance, and, you know, for $2.9 million, you, you could have had a, a, a host of other any other band you wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was really cool that they sort of hit on all cylinders with golf and other forms of entertainment, and that's what you and I have talked about on these golf outings. It's not just... People going out and playing a little charity golf, it's corporate involvement, it's uh, silent auction items that uh, bring in lots of money, and then it's just these organizers, hats off to them, because they really stick with it. As you said, this particular tournament has a 32-year history in Boise, Idaho.
0: You know, I wonder if they're like um, a little miffed that it wasn't an even $3 million, they raised <laughs> $2.9 2. 9 They were and
1: just a few bucks shy.
0: My goodness. just uh, Well, they've got something to shoot for next year. I can't wait to do a follow-up report on this golf outing next year to see if they eclipse the $3 million mark. All right, this is The Adam Rich Show, brought to you in part by Vibonomics, and you can learn more about them uh, by clicking their logo on our website, adamritzshow.com. Jay Baker is uh, one of the most well-versed uh, public affairs Uh, sidekicks in America, Uh, and I'm sure you've brought some great information today.
1: Well, I am vying for the title, Mr. Public Affairs, I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) if there is such a title. Oh, that's great. But uh, yeah, we found some cool information this week. The U.S. Bicycle Route System is uh, an organization of different bike routes they now added this year some 2,903 miles of new trails in over eight states. And the U.S. bicycle route system is attempting to combine routes so that they interlink from state to state. And they are influencing state governments to uh, increase the number of uh, biking lanes in their communities.
0: That's fantastic. And I I know you're a, a big cyclist. You still get out, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I think the better to create these bicycle routes, if you can, because it just raises that awareness. Every year, tragically, we look at stories of bicycle accidents, because in many cases, uh, with distracted driving and just heavy traffic in general, it's not a great environment for cyclists to be out cycling in that environment. So anything we can do to create safe bicycle paths, I think, uh, is very beneficial. Uh, you and I are recording this show not too far away from a very big urban bikeway path that, uh, it's taken a while to construct, you know, but, uh, there is a huge want and need for it now every once in a while within communities you know there will be that individual or two and I understand you know you own private property you don't want a bike lane maybe in your backyard but these things increase the overall value of communities and oftentimes property values
0: yeah because uh, of
1: the fact that uh people love to utilize these for health and physical fitness
0: for sure yeah the trails do uh, add a lot to the community
1: uh new survey we kind of knew this you know there's a little bit of COVID anxiety that still exists in america but uh, in a recent survey 66 percent of workers indicated that they had at least some level of increased anxiety on Sundays, as they stop to think about, oh, I got to go back to work. So um, they feel that this is uh, brought on by COVID concerns. It affects millennials and Gen Z individuals more than older or much younger workers. So it's kind of interesting that it sort of specifically kind of hits that uh, age range. They say it is not debilitating, but it could prompt you to put some proactive, uh, good positive activities into your Sunday. And if you feel like it is becoming uh, something that's difficult to deal with, please do reach out to a mental health professional. But yes, uh, workers are having increased anxieties on Sundays.
0: Because they're not looking forward to getting back to the office on Monday because of uh, possible COVID exposure?
1: Well, COVID has created an overall level of anxiety, they've said. And so I would feel like this article is suggesting that it's manifesting itself into some areas that we kind of didn't think about in the past. In other words, if somebody had done this Sunday survey five years ago, The numbers might be much lower, but this time around, it said that 66 percent of workers uh, exhibit at least some, uh, you know, and thankfully very minor, but some level of anxiety on Sundays. And I I just thought interesting uh, study kind of shows you that there's some unintended consequence to us all dealing with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dolly Parton Her name, of course, comes up a lot. She recently was featured in a very cool article about how Dolly Parton gives away an amazing amount of her personal money, yet she still remains uh, one of the most well-to-do entertainers in our country. She recently uh, was involved in an interview. She had been giving money all along to cancer research at Vanderbilt University. And Vanderbilt University reached out to Dolly Parton earlier, about a year and a half ago, because they said we are developing a vaccine for COVID, which later became the Moderna vaccine. Dolly Parton uh, revealed just recently that she gave $1 million dollars to Vanderbilt University specifically for COVID research. So Dolly is one of the champions of these COVID vaccines. So good
0: for her. (laughs) You know, nobody doesn't like Dolly Parton. I know. And you throw that in now. I mean, if if you don't like her, something there's something seriously wrong with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, if there you have any reservations about Dolly Parton. And, and as you said, all the more remarkable by what you just said, almost every celebrity has got their detractors. You know, it's going to be, oh, that guy's a or Oh, that guy's mean to people or whatever. But Dolly is, yes, I would say universally loved. And the more you read about her the more uh, lovable she becomes she is a woman of many talents as you know she's currently writing a novel with famous novelist james patterson so after uh, champion uh, covid vaccines uh, making million selling records and uh, now she's a writer so apparently there's nothing that dolly can't do
0: uh i've been to dollywood have you been to her theme park
1: I have been. It's in a beautiful part of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I, I didn't know if, if you'd been there. Um, oh,
1: I had been. I had relatives that lived nearby, so I felt like I really needed to visit Dollywood. I mean, if you're in the neighborhood, you know you got to stop in.
0: Yeah, in fact, I think I still have some Dollywood uh, plastic plates from the kids' meals we got when my kids were little. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I saved see, them. And I, bet you, I bet you your Dollywood experience was positive. So, you know, you can't even go, oh, her, her theme park's not that great. I mean, it, it, you probably had a good time. It was fantastic. We had a great time. Yeah, it was good age-appropriate fun because, I, let's face it, and it's good. Kids don't know. They don't know that's not Disney World. They had a great time
0: you know what the funny thing is I, I we actually did go to gatlinburg and dollywood uh one spring break to save money because i didn't uh i didn't want to go all the way down to florida and spend that much money and we ended up spending more money <laughs> in <laughs> yes. gatlinburg and dollywood just because there's just so much to do and everything is all apart you know you walk down gatlinburg and you just spend 45 bucks every five feet
1: <laughs> well, and then I've also called dubbed that area the miniature golf course uh, uh, epicenter of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. My kids, you can't keep them away. Of course they're older now, but it, it, when they're in their youth, you could not keep them away from what they called adventure golf. You know, where you're caroming the ball off of waterfall into a wrecked army tank up against a brick wall into the hole. They love that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: So, yeah. And that is the, certainly the place to be. Research shows that charitable giving has positive mental health aspects. We probably suspected that, but uh, they have found that if you make it a habit of spending on others, not yourself, it actually provides positive mental health benefits. And you'll appreciate this. Uh, I love these psychological studies because you always think, well, how could you quantify this? And it came from a psychological study where subjects were either given a $5 bill or a $20 bill to spend any way they saw fit. They could either spend it on themselves or donate it to charity. So at the end of This study, they sat everybody down and asked them, uh, did you feel more beneficial by spending on others or just spending on yourself? And, you know, there was no clear cut answer, but it turns out that there was some positive benefit from spending on someone else. And the interesting news that came out of that study was it didn't matter whether you were given $5 or $20, the effect was exactly the same. Hmm. so just the simple act of giving is beneficial to you mentally and they say if you make it a habit so something you might want to give a try to and you know giving away something as small as five dollars will probably help and also part of this study they said that uh people who were elderly who volunteered actually had a longer lifespan so specifically it affects uh, not only your well-being but potentially your lifespan if you volunteer
0: i'll be darned i uh yeah i'm gonna have so to, cool study i'm gonna have to let some people know that uh if they volunteer their life expectancy is longer that might that might get them off the couch
1: yeah tell scrooge to get with it <laughs> uh <laughs> hey this is uh Interesting to note, uh, a recall of Hostess hamburger and hot dog, hot dog buns as being uh, done voluntarily by Hostess bakeries. It only affects the Hostess soft white hamburger buns and soft white hot dog buns. Just saying it out loud makes me hungry for a cookout, as you know, as we get close to the Labor Day holiday. But if you need more information about this recall, call 1-800-483-7253 or you can visit the hostess bakery hotline on their website and you can kind of determine whether you might have a product uh, that needs to be not used
0: well let's just hope the ding-dongs are safe
1: yes apparently that's what this article said don't worry, citizens. All the other Hostess products are not are great, and they're awaiting you on your grocery shelves. Uh, there's, of course, uh, with all the horrific events that we've seen worldwide and the devastation in Haiti, there are still concerns about charity scams, and uh, a number of local governments are warning you that if you do want to give, make sure you're giving to a charity that is actually a functional 501c3 organization. And they do have some websites that you can check out, Uh, Charity Watch, which is all one word, Charity Watch. There is also a website called Charity Navigator, and that's two words. And then the third website that they are recommending you check is give.org.
0: Give.org.
1: Give.org. So any one of those websites will give you an update as to whether this particular charity. One of the things that we've mentioned before on the Adam Rich show is every charity has to have a registered name. So if the charity, if they say, oh, it's just a charity and we, you know, we help kids and okay, what's the name of it? that's where the rubber sort of meets the road. It has to have a certified name to the charity.
0: If it's Vince Vaughn saying that his charity is called people helping people that's probably not that's not legit that's from uh the no. fred Claus movie if you remember that um, callback. <laughs> i always think whenever we do a charity scam story i just think of vince vaughn with his people helping people uh, charity
1: people helping people it sounds vague but it sounds like it might be helping somebody yeah. Uh, officially, according to the IRS, and they know such things, non-church charities that take in more than $50,000 must have a file on the, on record with the IRS. And so it stands to reason that the IRS, which, uh, you know, is a big organization, we're very familiar with their work. They do have a tax-exempt Organization search engine on the IRS website. All right. So you can actually search out the name of your charity that you are thinking of giving to. Because once again, if you're going to give, and that's great, you want to give to an organization that is actually helping somebody. One of the things they kind of pointed out in this article was that you have to be a little bit concerned with crowdfunding, which is a more casual approach to uh, raising money for charitable causes and while crowdfunding can be very effective and be helpful you do want to make sure that it's going to somebody who really is helping Mm -hmm. so and i think we've all heard of some crowdfunding experiences that have been negative so it doesn't mean that crowdfunding itself is negative it's just you have to sort of vet the people that are running the crowdfund. I gotcha. So there you go. See, I I think I saved you some money because you were gonna give after hearing all these great stories and now you'll you'll feel better.
0: You know, I was looking uh, at this uh, charity called People Helping People (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, <laughs> it
1: just did it, it show up as a non, realistic one.
0: <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna check out CharityWatch.com, CharityNavigator.com, and then Give.org.
1: Give.org. Yes, those are the ones to go look at. They say that 14% of public school su- students receive or have need of special education services of interest there's an overall uh, decrease in teachers so teachers have been uh, t- the, the the teaching uh you know the teaching profession has been underserved now for a few years and specifically special ed teachers are at a real, uh, there's a lack of special ed teachers. So if you are thinking of going into education, there will be a demand for special ed teachers. Now, they do say with special ed teachers, the there is, uh, it's kind of a special calling because it does require an extra level of patience and even something, sometimes things like extra paperwork and all kinds of things, depending on, the school system, but they do say that it is one of the more emotionally satisfying uh, kinds of work that you can find in life being a special ed teacher.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, and I did not know the uh, there was a shortage.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, it kind of stands to reason that there is. So uh, maybe somebody out there is thinking, hey, I need something to get into and I like to help kids. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not unexpected, but this made me chuckle a little bit. Prince Harry showed up at a surprise polo match. Not a surprise.
0: Not a (laughs) surprise. If you
1: think. It was a polo match in, of all places, Aspen, Colorado. So, yes, very upscale community. So, not a surprise at all. But hats off to Prince Harry, or I guess you would say, polo helmet off to Prince Harry, who donated $1.5 million from book sale receipts uh, to his, uh, his charity, w- which was founded on a visit that he made to Africa a few years back. His charity is called Sentibale and it helps children dealing with HIV issues in Africa. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, I, you know, I did read that he uh, that he donated $1.5 million to charity. I didn't know what it was for. That's very commendable.
1: Yeah. So good for him. He is saying too, that sent is continuing its efforts, uh, in Africa to help individuals, but yeah, Prince Harry out there with the big checkbook and the big mallet, as we like to say. (laughs) Now you'll appreciate this because you and I, we have a keen appreciation. We, we feel that of course, everything in moderation, but we have an appreciation for certain fast food chains. We've Worked with a gentleman who is unabashedly uh, an, a huge advocate for Taco Bell. In fact, yes. maybe Taco Bell's biggest, uh, <laughs> might be the, their biggest patron ever. I mean, not physically in size, but certainly in his uh, appreciation for the bell yeah we like i, to I call don't it.
0: i need to ask him what his uh, record is in a week i think he's he's been known to go have <laughs> breakfast and lunch at taco sure. bell five days a week
1: I, uh had lunch with him this week and reminded him of the story that we did and he said he was a little concerned when he heard that there was some potentially because of supply chain issues that some Taco Bells may have their favorite menu items in limited supply. Now, apparently, most of that's cleared up, but uh, that was a great deal of concern to him uh, because what happens if his favorite Taco Bell item is not there when he pulls up?
0: Now, are you doing the the Taco Bell drive-through story?
1: Uh, well, no. There was a, a story that we had a couple weeks ago. Remember where there have been some supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're caused by a variety of things, not the least of which, and this is kind of an odd effect, uh, lack of shipping containers on docks in the United States. But no, this was just that Taco Bell was having some local outages. uh, And and part of it, you, you remember, you remarked, and you're absolutely accurate, their menu doesn't have a lot of ingredients to it. There's about seven or eight major things that Taco Bell has, and it's in almost every one of their dishes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just a situation where, you know, maybe at one restaurant there might be a shortage of, you know, ground beef or there might be a shortage of tortilla shells or whatever. And so that's – but apparently a lot of that's sorted out. So I think we can all rest easy.
0: Well, I saw a, a story this week about Taco Bell uh, doing some tests on their drive through uh, oh, okay. Did you see that story?
1: I did not. I know they're trying a couple of different things now. So tell me about the Taco Bell
0: drive-thru. Well, they're, they're, uh, I think they're looking at um, trying this theory where they're going to lose their dining room. Just all together, right. just forget that they even have one. And the prototype I saw was, um, imagine a, like a bank, uh, like the drive-thru teller's with right. like four drive-through teller lanes that are underneath the Taco Bell. Ah. So the upstairs is where the food is prepared and and they are just going to make it fast and pipe it on down through <laughs> those four drive-through lanes as fast as they what? can.
1: Wouldn't there be those pneumatic tubes? Because I think a taco would fit inside one of those, wouldn't it? I think
0: it's perfectly sized for a burrito.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'll imagine. (laughs) You don't even need the tube. You just fly the burrito. Please replace carrier. Well, oh my goodness. Well, I tell you what, I would love to see the... you know, the Taco Bell drive through XL, where it's just nothing but drive through
0: lanes. Yeah, well, I'll see if, I don't know if I dreamt that story, or if I was paying attention, or if they're really doing that, or they're just, a, it's a concept they're working on, but, um, you know, there I been, had heard,
1: yeah, I had heard that they're trying to reduce the uh, in-dining experience, because they just, uh, they're, I think it's, they've identified that 75% of their business is uh, through the, through the line. The, the carry out line,
0: and I don't know if you've seen how Chick Fil A has overhauled their drive-through lanes, but oh I mean, yes, it I is stopped un- in the
1: other day. It's unbelievable. I was surprised. Yeah, it's almost it's uh you know there's a couple of very popular car wash chains near us, and they kind of direct traffic and get you signed up for services. It's very reminiscent of that, as you said. They have outdoor greeters, and you go mm-hmm. up to a big menu board and. You go zipping around the restaurant. It's very interesting. And as you said, it's there, they've responded to the fact that Chick fil A has become very popular.
0: It's, uh, I haven't even been recently because there's the line is so long. Yes. Uh, I need to maybe. Head over there during an off time to, uh, you know, I don't need to have lunch right at 12 or 12.30. I might go have lunch at 2 just so I can get through the drive through in 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, people are sort of, uh, like you said, strategizing when they get to Chick-fil-A because it's been so successful. Uh, the Chick-fil-A near my house always asks me uh, what name you want for the drive through, and it's my own personal thing because I don't know anybody with this name, but I always tell them, Chet. So when you get up there, they go chicken for chat.
0: Now, wh- why wouldn't you just say Jay? I, you know,
1: I don't know why. Uh, there's no reason for it. It's not like anybody knows me. It's just that I just love to hear the young people say chat, and that's nothing malicious. See, so I'm not making them do something that would make them feel uncomfortable because they probably think this guy's name is Chat.
0: And and shame on you. <laughs> For <laughs> the guy behind you that is actually named Chet, and when he comes through <laughs> and they and he item. says his name is Chet, they're like they roll their eyes and go, yeah, whatever, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, we already gave you your food. You did. Oh no, I have to go through again. Poor Chet. Poor Chet. Well, at any rate, I digress myself. But uh, this is an interesting fast food drive through story. A man. Landed a helicopter in the uh, province of Saskatchewan in Canada. A passenger got out of the helicopter and got to go food from the DQ. All right. A guy lands a helicopter. Now, the uh, Royal, Can- Royal Canadian Mounted Police—and yes, they do exist as an organization. Though uh, apparently, they—I think—they downplayed the need for horses. But the Royal Canadian Mounted Police were not too amused. In fact, they uh, tracked down the uh, registration number for the helicopter and cited the pilot for landing a helicopter in an undesignated zone for non-emergency purposes. Mm. Now, you and I know that if you're itching to get a DQ chicken sandwich, you might be able to cite that that was emergency purposes.
0: It could be, um, absolutely. Very interesting, flying <laughs> your helicopter to the DQ drive through Love it, Jay. All right, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. Uh, you can join me on Twitter, at Adam Ritz. We're on Instagram, at Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics audio out of home marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.